Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> Wow, it, it works fast. You, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents. Hello, dear listener. This is Erin McGathy. You are listening to This Feels Terrible, the podcast. I apologize for the delay in episodes. I have uh, been sick, which is not a great excuse because people record podcasts while they're sick all the time. You're not in the room with me. You're not going to catch what I have. So apologies. I will do better. Uh, I did go to South by Southwest and I recorded a couple episodes and I also got um, some sort of long lasting influenza which has left me with this voice. I also got a little heart sick and I will tell you all about that at the end of the episode. If you would like to hear about that before, um, my, my sad self-reflecting self-obsessed monologue. However, I have a fun live episode recorded at the Marriott in Austin on the South by Southwest podcast stage, which feels like, um, that's the wrong tense, felt like an airport lounge, which sounds miserable, but it actually, actually made for kind of a cool, relaxed conversation. Um, uh, for the show, I had arranged for a guest, uh, an actor guest to be there, but then that fell through because of, uh, press commitments. So, this is actually very exciting. 10 minutes before the live podcast was about to start, and I was guestless, I, um, I ran out into the hallway and in a whole mess of people, I spotted Chris, uh, who is a musician, spelt with a K. He was walking with his friend and I said to myself, McGathy, this is, this is your guest for today. I didn't actually do that. That would be weird if I, um, had full, inner monologues, but I did see him and I, I thought that he, I don't know, he just, he, he has a great energy about him, which I, I, you know, I nailed, I nailed it. I nailed it. basically he was a great guest. I was really delighted with how forthcoming and natural he was on stage. Uh, like I said, he's a musician and I'm not going to say much more about him because I want you to experience, um, the reveal of who he is and what kind of music he makes the same way that I did myself along with the live audience. So there you are. So please enjoy this live episode and then stick around after the interview for um, a little monologue. And um, after that monologue, I'm going to be closing the show with a song by Chris, um, which I was delighted to receive because it's actually a very good song and made me dance in my living room. One last note or two notes about this episode. Chris at one point mentions the fish song. Uh, what he's talking about is um, 
what he's referring to is the fact that like during the live show, I started the show and, um, oh, I start the show with, with a meditation, which you'll hear. But then after that, what I did was play this song called The Fish That You Gave Me Died that I wrote for Next Boyfriend. I've cut it out of this episode because I've played it on the podcast before, and I would like to reward um, devoted listeners. So if you haven't heard that, I don't know what episode, <laughs> episode it's in. I, I guess you're just going to have to listen to all of them. Um, also, in the episode... Uh, I mentioned a an abstinence program that I was in in high school, and I couldn't think of the name of it. It was called True Love Waits. All right, so here we go. Here is This Feels Terrible live at South by Southwest with my guest, Chris, with a K. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGaffey. This is a host, this is a host, <laughs> inside a podcast. Uh, this is a podcast about uh, relationships and, and love and um, me projecting my own feelings on other people so that I may suck knowledge from them in my own life. Uh, yeah, so I'm very happy that you guys are here. I've been very annoyed at previous South by Southwest things when the person on stage asks how everyone's doing and if they're having a great South by Southwest. Uh, and I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but can you guys just show me with your faces how your South by Southwest is going? Oh, let's see. We got some smile. Ah, we, got, we got that, uh, not that emoji. What is it called when you have the text and a picture? Shruggy, the shruggy emoji. Yeah, the shruggy thing. Yeah, welcome. Uh, I'm having a, an interesting South by Southwest. I'm having a weird morning. I put pepper in my coffee this morning uh, just to give you an idea of where I'm at mentally. Uh, and not only did I put pepper in my coffee this morning, I put it in my coffee and then I, I was by myself and I thought for a second that maybe people did put pepper in their coffee. So I kind of looked around and, to see if other people were putting pepper in their coffee. They were not putting pepper in their coffee. Uh, I also had a really unique experience, maybe not unique experience, yesterday afternoon. I saw a great film where a character in the film was getting a blowjob, um, and the person who was the actor that was getting the blowjob in the film, it was like an awkward blowjob, like a one-night sort of thing. And by the way, this isn't like an extremely dirty podcast. <laughs> I know I'm starting it. I know I'm starting it so base, um, but uh, and it's going to set the tone for the whole podcast. But I, I just want to share with you that the person, the actor that was getting the weird, awkward blowjob, is someone who I actually gave a, an awkward blowjob to <laughs> um, years ago. Uh, not not too many years ago, unfortunately. And it was it was such a profoundly weird experience watching him be awkward on screen as he was awkward in real life. And I imagine that's probably how movie stars feel. <laughs> because they have sex with other movie stars and they must all the time be like, ah, oh, he's not that good. Or that's exactly right. That must happen all the time. Uh, before we get started, I have an excellent guest on the show today. I very frequently have like musical guests, so I'm very excited about this one. But before I bring him on, I just want us all to get in the same space. So we're just going to do just a brief uh, meditation. 
great reaction to that. Everyone's very ready for the meditation, that's good. If everyone could just breathe in and close your eyes. Oh, before I, get, before I do this, sir, will you come to the stage? What was your name again? Scott. Scott, let's hear it for Scott, everyone. Great, so Scott, you're gonna sit in that chair. Okay, so um, we're going to do a, a guided meditation. If you're not familiar with what a guided meditation is, it's where there's a voice that's uh, guiding you through a meditation. And they are frequently Australian for some reason, which is one of the most jarring accents. Um, but what you're going to do is you're going to be, I want you to do sound effects for this guided meditation, um, just to like add to the calming nature of a guided meditation. So let's all close our eyes. If you will, thank you. You find yourself on a bustling street in the middle of Austin. <laughs> rhubarb, rhubarb. To your right, you carrots, see a, a very decorative guitar. You look. <laughs> you, it's almost like you can hear it playing. You feel overwhelmed by all the sights and sounds, the big, beautiful buildings. People are bustling past you and hitting you in the shoulders. They're wearing passes, all different kinds of passes. There are the white passes and the red passes. Why are the red passes still here? Going back and forth and back and forth. And then you look across the street and you see a green patch of grass. No one's standing in the path of grass. You cross the street and suddenly everything is still. You, you're wearing your clogs, your favorite clogs. <laughs> everything is still across the street except for the sound of birds chirping and the rustling of wind through the grass. And you see in the distance a, uh, a, a, a tree house. What is a treehouse doing there? You start walking towards the treehouse. You cross over a bell. <laughs> you, <laughs> you get to the treehouse, and you climb up the wooden ladder, and you enter the treehouse, and the floor is creaky of the treehouse. You're terrified for a second, because it's the scariest <laughs> creak noise that you've ever heard, but you, you continue on. And you see in the treehouse someone with their back turned to you. Huh? <laughs> you are rightfully confused. You, you walk up to the person with their back turned, and you tap them on the shoulder, and that person turns around, and that person there is you. But it's not just you, it's your best self. It's your most calm self. It's your self that's ready for any new experience. It's the self that is ready to say yes to things, to be in the present, to not have anxiety over the future or torture yourself over the past. And you hug that person and you say, what are you, what are you doing? What are you up to? And the best self you says, I'm going to go to the Bravos room to watch the This Feels Terrible live podcast. Uh. And now you're here. Everyone can open your eyes. Thank you so much for a round of applause. Sorry, Scott, everybody. Scott, everyone. Great. Great, okay, so uh, my guest today is a musician. His name is Chris. He is in the band The Resistance. 
He is one of two people. He plays the computer. He is a rapper. Please welcome to the stage, Chris! And he is from Austin. Take your seat here. So my, uh, my guest that I had scheduled today bailed, thankfully, because it allowed me to meet Chris in the lobby about 20 minutes ago. So let's hear it for Chris for doing it. And let's be honest, I'm kind of better, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who did you have? Uh, I'm not gonna say, but it rhymes with Michael Passdender. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I was looking at the, like, the, the list of, like, who you had on the show, and you've had, like, Dan Harmon? Oh, I was Which... married to him. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, this will be fun. Um... <laughs> Uh, yes, I did. I did have Dan Herman on the show. I also had him in other ways. <laughs> so my uh, second question was going to be, what do you do? But now, now I kind of understand. <laughs> but your second question was, what, what do I do? Yeah, because like, you know, you're like, because that wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand. It's been it's been a low energy beginning, and I don't want to nag that beginning. But it's not something I'm going to tell anyone about. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, so, if I can just tell a little story about like my version of the fish that yeah, please, about. please. It's probably worse. I'm gonna say that up top. No, I, I want to hear it. This is why I asked you on the show because I could tell that you'd be an excellent just guest. Just a man full of stories. Like. Yeah. <laughs> For um, the homeless nerd, Chris is wearing the galaxy on his body, so he's infinite. This is a tattoo. I don't know. If oh, you're... I don't know. <laughs> Jagged. This is how I come. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, so I was a senior in high school, which was not that long ago because I'm super old. And um, I liked this girl. I liked her for a long time, like all four years. And I was running for class president. And I was like, what better thing to do than announce that I love this girl on my campaign posters in the middle of the hallway? And <laughs> so unbeknownst to me, she was harboring a crush on my bestie, like my best friend for life. And so, um, and they had actually like started something. And then like I put it on the wall and he like called her. This is him telling me like years and years later because that's when my self-esteem was high again. Um, <laughs> and she like showed up and like covered the wall and like, it was, it was, uh, it was a heart stopping moment. Yeah, yeah. Wait, she showed up and she covered the wall. Or she was blocking the poster. Well, she tried to cover the wall. She was like 4'11". So <laughs> didn't, she just put her hands on it and it didn't work. Oh, geez. How did, how did that make you feel? Pretty good. <laughs> I loved it. Every second. Uh, what's your, what's your relationship deal now? You're a musician. I, I, I assume that it's great. I think you're trying hard not to say, he's a good-looking guy. You can say it. It's fine. Like, no, you're good, yeah, you're a good-looking good guy. I wasn't struggling to not say you're a good-looking guy. I was struggling to not have the prejudice that I have against musicians. Oh, okay. um, this is great. <laughs> that that, that there's, there's a lot of... Uh, well, in, in the best way. I mean, if I... Let me just... I'll speak for myself. If I was a musician, I feel like I would have a lot of casual sex. All right, so, <laughs> like, like, gulp? Like, nah, um. <laughs> like, gulp. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, so I actually do Christian music. Um, oh. I, <laughs> get that out of the way. Um, 
I, I do That's Christian. Great. So you have a lot of committed sex. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, so I come from a, from a house where like my parents are pastors, my grandparents are pastors. My dad's a pastor. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, that felt so mean. <laughs> no, but um, so, so when I was young, I took like, like a promise to like abstain from sex. And then when I got older, I failed. Now I'm just kidding. Um, so, so I failed in ways, but like I, I've kind of kept that. So like I'm 22 guys and I'm, I'm a virgin, like that's real. But I have gotten like head and stuff on occasion. So maybe not, maybe not really. Like, I don't know how that is. But, um, <laughs> I, think, so. uh, I, think, I think that's great. What was the name? Do you remember the name of the uh, program? That you did? No, I also just, did a program. Yeah, the program was called Mom. Like this is just oh, okay. me. <laughs> was there was there ever a time when you thought that maybe you would go against that? Like not in the moment, because I assume I assume yes, in the moment you thought about it. Uh, but was there ever like a time, like a, like a sober waking moment where you considered uh, having sex before marriage? Um, I'm gonna answer that, but. I, so, so, um, I love Jesus and like, that's the reason I kind of keep it in my pants, but I'm also super scared of babies. <laughs> <laughs> like Donald Glover has a joke where he's like, once you have kids, your dreams die. And like, not to say that that's true because I don't have a kid, but there's like a lot of stuff that I want to do before like yeah. kids. And I feel like once I, once I go there, like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a baby in somebody like it's happening. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of helped me to like stay celibate. But um, to answer like your first question, like my deal, I'm, I'm single now, I just got out of a, out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. so. And I, I, so was she also a Christian? Yeah, yeah, she was super cool. Is that, is that a requirement? Would you only go out with, uh, with Christian people? Um, this sounds like I'm hitting on you, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> or would um, you open your mind? No, I mean, I I like people in general. Like, it's not if if I vibe with you, it's like we can we can maybe open up a relationship. But like, I, I kind of have become super selective because when I was younger, I I was all over the place with girls, and like <laughs> that's led to like me having some issues and like mm -hmm. some some things that I want to get over. You know what I mean? And so like, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm pretty selective now. Like, what what kind of issue? All right, here we go. <laughs> now, um, you know, like, so, so I'm a Christian musician, right? And my subject matter is Jesus, but like, in a dope way, guys. And so, um, <laughs> so, you know, like, I, my, my intention is to be like a virgin until marriage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, if I keep going at this rate, I don't feel like I'm making. One, because I'm, I feel like I'm super old to be a virgin. Like this was cool when I was 14, but like <laughs> I ain't get married soon because this not having sex is not fun. But um, you know, like, do you think because you're a virgin, you'll get married sooner than you would if you weren't? Uh, no. But so so you asked a, a question like, what was the issues that you have? Mm -hmm. I I'm in love with this girl that I met like five years ago, and. Uh, like in school, I was in college, and like I saw her, and I was like, "That's it! Like that's what I want." And so, what was it about her? I don't know. I really, I, I don't. 
Um, it could have been like, I was losing my, it's about to get super heavy. I was losing my, um, my grandmother at the time with like cancer. And uh, maybe like in some way she reminded me of her, I don't know. But um, as soon as like I saw her, I like went up to her and like sat down and was like, hey. And she was like, what? And I was like, you called me. And she was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> knowing that she didn't call me, I was like, what are you talking, you looked me in my eyes and called me. So like, we, ever since then she was smitten, you know what I mean? Um, but no, like she um, recently, if, if I can keep going. With yeah, please. All right, so like recently, um, she wasn't like really responsive to like my advances um, past a certain point. Like it was all good. And then like, she was like, nah, let's, let's chill out. And I later found out that's because she had a boyfriend at the time. And like, I was, I was pretty devastated, but like, not only did I find out that she had a boyfriend, I found out that she had a boyfriend who was 40 and we were 18. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and um, like he had a daughter that was like a year older than her. It was weird. It was super weird. But um, so skipping past all that weird stuff. Um, Did that affect how you felt about her? No. And like, I would like if, if I could like love somebody else and like pull that those emotions away, I would at this point. Um, before what happened recently happened. Um, like I would have, and but like, you know, like five year, years and years and years passed, and like that love for her is still there, you know. And so um, recently, like trying to heal, I like hit her up and was like, "Hey, remember me as the guy that loved you?" <laughs> and uh, she um, she was actually receptive to it again. So like maybe, maybe we'll hit it off. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you? Do you see her a lot, or is she just someone like in the back of your mind? Or are you constantly like reopening? I mean, since you reconnected with her. Oh, since I reconnected with her, um, I don't know. Like, I think she's she's kind of in the back of my mind. Like, she's definitely somebody that like, when I look down the road, I'm like, yo, it would be super cool if like she was my counterpart. You know what I mean? Like, I, I view that role in my life as as an equal, which. Actually, everybody should, right? Yeah. Like, let's go on this feminist tangent real quick. No, um, but like, uh, I want to. I want her to bring as much to the table as I do, and so like, she's like, she went through like a traumatic experience. Um, that boyfriend that she was with that was forty tried to kill her. He's in jail now, and um, like, she graduated on time. Like, like yeah. she she had to like go through that experience, and still like got her degree and like still is successful today and still like overcame that adversity. So like, that's definitely somebody that I want in my corner. You know mm. what I, mean? I don't know if this got like weird. Did this no. get weird guys? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I, I appreciate you being so candid. So what, it, what is it, what is it like being a Christian musician here at the festival and in, in a large way, like in the Austin scene, do you hang out? mostly with other Christians, or do you not? <laughs> like, like I said before, I'm a fan of people, guys. Like, I, I just like talking to people um, and like connecting, you know what I mean? So I guess what I'm asking more about is like other people's reaction to you, because there are, you know, people grew up with different levels of 
religion and some people are really against religion because of their own experience with that. Do you get any of I mean, I get it. I get it. This isn't a good answer, but I get everything. Like some people are super cool with it. I don't just hang out with Christians. I hang out with everybody. And so like I, I get the, the, hey, the church is not cool. Like, and I can understand that. You know what I mean? And like, I'm the type of dude that like, I really just want to talk to those people. Like, see what it is. Like what, you know, like I do that about my race too. I'm a black man. Um, and so like when I see, see things like, um, people that are, there are people in this country who aren't cool with black people, and I want to understand it. Not even understand it, but just, you know, like, let's let's sit down and chat. Like, mm. what is it about this, this me that, like, scares you? Or, like, um, so, so to answer your Christian rapper question, I get way more, like, questions about being a rapper than, like, being a Christian right. rapper, because there's so many rappers. And, like, almost, that's why I told you earlier, like, I play, I play the computer because the perception of, like, being a rapper is like, all right, well, this, can I say, can I say, uh, where, what's, what's the level of like candidness? Um, <laughs> I think, I, was, I think it's, I think it's, it was pretty good. I was, okay, I was about to say about nigga, and we I, both, was we like, both <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can do that, but just, you know, like, you see, you see this black nigga who raps, like, uh, I'm, I'm very, very talented, so I think I'm more, more like, uh, self conscious about that label than the Christian label. Um, not just because of Austin, like Austin is very liberal and very like, which I'm all down for. Like I grew up here too. I'm, I have some liberal leanings, but, um, yeah. Like, you just assume people are going to think you're like every other rapper and not. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not even like every other <laughs> rapper. The thing is when you hear I'm a rapper, it puts you in a box of like, all right, so you suck. Like, like, I don't know you, so, like, you must not be good. And, like, you know, there's a, there's, I've been, like, doing um, some just research on, like, how to move my brand forward. And um, whenever, whenever, like, you hear a certain thing, you kind of need a cosign to, like, be able to listen to it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, right, right. there are people who came into, like, music, period, because, like, like, Justin Bieber was on Ludacris' song. Now, Justin Bieber would have been... Uh, Justin Bieber or had Ludacris on his song. Now Justin Bieber would have been Justin Bieber, but like it helped to get that cosign to put him in front of people. You know what I mean? So yeah. like without the without the cosign, it's kind of like you're just in this box with all the other one of the rappers, and you know what I mean? Not even without the cosign, but just yeah. I, I feel like I've been talking for a really long time. So <laughs> go ahead and jump in. No, it's great. I, I I was drawn to your energy in the lobby because you 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 super charismatic. Like I I I assume your music is good just because of your jacket and your energy. <laughs> <laughs> and well, perhaps that is unfair. Be right. No. <laughs> um, I I was really into Christian rap when I was a kid because my dad was. Uh, like programmed um, music for the Christian station for the military networks. All right. And there was a band called DC Talk. Oh, with Toby Mac. Yeah. Oh. Who, who said that? Way to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good. They're not. Good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've heard of that one song. Oh, the uh, Jesus Freak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jesus Freak was who, before me. Yeah, I had their I had their live album. Um, and they they would start their tour, the Jesus Freak tour. I never saw them yeah. live, but I had this album where they would start in the beginning like, "Who out here's a Jesus Freak?" 
<laughs> and I in my room would be like, it's me, I'm a Jesus freak. <laughs> they also, they covered Help by the Beatles, and I, until way too late in life, thought they wrote Help. <laughs> and the way that they did it was they, they started their concert by, by like harmonizing, like just singing the regular um, Help, I need somebody. And then they broke out into a rap and go, so help me God. Help, help me God. So when I heard the Beatles, oh, I was man. waiting for the So Help Me God part of the song. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, when I heard the Beatles, like, I very embarrassingly, I was, I was really sheltered. Did you do that in front of people? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought I knew something about music because I had the DC Talk album. I also, my other albums, <laughs> my other albums were uh, this, this Beethoven album with loons added in. Who's loons? Loon the animal, the bird. <laughs> Just, I was not a very cool kid. You are like the cool bird. You are what I thought I was as a Christian kid. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is a compliment. You were, you were what I, you were what I wanted to be. I was like the uncool kid at the um, at the Christian camp. I had this guy named T Bone when I was younger, and he, he had, do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> like, like a buddy of yours? Oh, the rapper? No, 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 it was just a CD. And he oh, had okay, this, okay. like, this, um, I think the album was called, like, Super Funkadelic Christian Music. Yeah, baby. <laughs> like, it was that bad. And, yeah. um, like, luckily, like, the genre has kind of moved away from, from being corny. It seems um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I'm not, I'm not, like, a representative or an ambassador for Christian music. No, I'm yes, you like, are. Yes, you are. <laughs> if you let me finish, I would have got to that. Sorry. Um, no, nah, but I'm, I'm more of a representative, uh, an ambassador for Christ. You know, just, just like, that sounded corny, guys. <laughs> but like, yeah, like when I, I want to be, my goal is to be a cool guy and like that attracts you. You know what I mean? So like my music is, and is, is an extension of myself. And so like, yeah, there's some, some, some like parts where I'm like, yo, like I'm messing up and I need God. And there's some parts where like, like a lot of my stuff has to do with love and I like talk about relationships. So when you were like, yo, this is about relationships. I'm like, gotcha girl. So, um, yeah, nah, but um, so yeah, my goal is to be palatable for not everybody, but just like, check it out. Like, <laughs> you may like it, you may not, it's whatever, you know? At the end of the day, when you're making your music, are you thinking about, um, like celebrating God, or are you thinking about the the music, like your talent being a gift from God and celebrating that, or do you think about that? You ask really good questions. Um, <laughs> so I think I think there's a there's so I say like me and God write music together. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like um, my my goal is to like to to be a beacon um, that that people come to God through, but also like. Yo, if that mug is like what you were saying earlier, like not great music, then you're not gonna listen to it. Like it doesn't matter how much I preach Jesus, had, like it, it being the right or the wrong thing, but how much I preach Jesus, preach Jesus if like it's not palatable to eat. Like same thing with food. Like if you don't, broccoli is good for you, but broccoli don't taste good, we're not gonna eat it. So that's like my goal is to give the, the, the sugar the hand that, yeah, the six, the milk, and the <laughs> I like that. The God cheese is the of, you are the cheese. The, the, or the, the bacon of, you know. Oh, bacon and broccoli. Yeah. So. That sounds good. Well, do, do you struggle with that? Like when I, 
Um, I'm not a practicing Christian, but I know like when I was a Christian and I wanted to, and I I was really into acting and plays and and things like that. And I really struggled with um, being too self-focused because like you were talking earlier about like branding and everything. Yeah. So that all is part of like the, like, you know, you have to make yourself good in order to be heard. All right. So I'm going to go on an analogy and I hope it's good. (laughs) <laughs> Here we um, go. So, like, if, if say we have this car, right? Um, all parts of this car have to be working, and not only for but for you to like want to get in the car, like the it has to be uh, attractive to the eye as well. Like, yeah, it can be yeah, working. Much higher standards for cars than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, uh, like a 2012 Ford Focus, so I'm pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but like. It has to be attractive. Like people, Priuses are really good for the environment, but not everybody wants to drive a Prius. A lot of people would much rather have a Lamborghini if they had a choice for a Lamborghini or a Prius. By show of hands, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but so, so my, um, so as as this car, like I want to, um, crap, I lost it. All right, so I want to I want to reach the. the you desti- want to maintain the car so God can get to his destination safely. Yeah, I'm trying to be real safe for God. Like, got six belts and stuff. Nah, um, so, crap, I had it. And I lost sorry, it again. sorry. Um, Let me ask you a totally different question. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Okay. So that people will be with the experience it, and the car can be propelled forward, mm-hmm. um, it has to be appealing. Right, right, right. So, the reason that I work on my brand and the reason that I work on... But is the end game for people to come to God or to hear God's message? Yeah. Cool. Or at the very least, you have some jamming music that is with somebody who morally you may agree with or like, um, so for for Christians, like for morally you may agree with or um, you have jamming music and this guy just happens to be Christian. Do you listen to secular music? Um, yeah. I, I feel like it's part of my creative process to absorb mm. so um, like one of my favorite artists and probably everybody in this room is uh taylor swift no, I'm just um, <laughs> no i really like kanye um like he's really inspirational on, on like a musical level um so yeah i just have to understand like there is um my mother says it like this whatever you put into you comes out of you you know what i mean so like um what i put into myself I need to realize that there's a balance of like, all right, I can listen to Kanye right now, but in a second, like, I need to chill out, space, mellow out, go read my Bible. Like, it's not every day, like, just, just, because some of the stuff is, like, just call it garbage. And I feel like it's had a, a, a negative impact on, like, the black community, um, which, you know, I won't go all the way into that, but it talks about three things, like sleeping around, drugs, guns, uh, violence. like. And if you do that, like here in America, you either like end up in ground or in jail. Like that's not where I want my black brothers and sisters to like end up at. That's not where I want people to end up at. Yeah. So more, uh, more do I share a kinship, uh, kindredship, wait, kinship, kinship. There it yeah. goes. Um, people that I share a kinship with, like, I don't want them to do that either. Yeah. I, um, I, I was given Alanis Morissette's CD, Jagged Little Pill, when I was 13. Who is this? 
said, I said something wrong. <laughs> Did you, have you ever played a, um, a rock band? You know the song, I want you to I, know. I was never good at this game. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, you have a beautiful singing voice, by the way. Thanks, I was, yeah. It's very, very <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, she she's a Canadian singer from the '90s. But there's a, there's a song on the album. And it's not a, like a dirty album, but I read through. I would read through the liner liner notes when I would get a new CD, and if there was a bad word on it, I would throw it away because I thought that God would be like. You are a very cool kid. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked on you at all. Like. <laughs> Also, I wasn't allowed to watch MTV, and I was at like a Christian party, and they were watching Daria, and I asked them to turn it off. I, I wasn't allowed to watch it. I don't know what Daria I was 14. Is, but like, I'm sure I can top you. I wasn't allowed to watch Scooby-Doo. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch Sister, Sister. Until my parents watched it. That's weird. Um, they were teenagers like dating. And can't dating. top that. Like, just, I watched Sister, Sister. I remember watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and asking my parents, hey, uh, is this cool? Like, can I watch this? <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, go ahead. Scooby-Doo, no, but Fresh Prince, yeah. Yeah, why, sorry, I just skipped right over that. Why were you, were you allowed to watch Scooby-Doo? Because your parents were like, the plots are too thin. I think for the same reason. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think they really just didn't like the way that Scooby-Doo said jinkies. Like, really? No, of course not. <laughs> I'm so gullible, I was like, oh. <laughs> but, um. Because it scared you? Did one episode scare you? And then you know what? I I was a really scared little kid. Like, mm. um, I was a punk, guys. Like, I used to go. I'm about to say a really old-fashioned sentence. I used to go into like movie blockbusters. Like, <laughs> Whoa! It's crazy, right? <laughs> Y'all remember those? Um, and like the, but like the generic blockbusters. Um, that I, had the actual, that, yeah. yeah, the, the actual like <laughs> cases on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love remember, the idea, like you and your twenty-two-year-old friends being like, "Hey, man, do you remember? Like, yeah. was this real or did I dream it?" Do you remember, <laughs> <laughs> you do you remember playing Snake? Um, no. <laughs> so, so the cases on the walls, like of like scary movies, would scare me so much. Yeah. Like yeah. I would have nightmares, and the one that I had the most was about y'all remember Jack Frost, the first movie. Yeah, yeah. The second movie was a horror film for some reason. They took a child's movie and made it a horror film in the sequel, where Jack came back and he was the abominable snowman. I mean, they're both horror films. The first one, <laughs> the, plot, the plot of the first one is that a dad dies and he assumes the form of a snowman and haunts his son. <laughs> That's the... Yeah, speeding, speeding past that crazy logic. Um, so, so I was so scared that a snowman in the middle of Texas would come get me and kill me. You're just scared of your house not being weatherproofed. <laughs> the AC being down too low. Like, mom, don't you know? All right, we're gonna we're gonna answer some terrible advice questions before we end. Um, this has been great. Thank you very much for coming up here. Hasn't he been wonderful? He's been yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Ooh, okay. Uh, any recommendations on who to date slash not to date based on their occupation? <laughs> All right. Um, I like ladies who are gar garbage men, like yeah. you know, take out the garbage. Um, something Is about, that a joke? Because I could, I could see that making nah, sense. No, something about like garbage some... is like really just attractive to me. <laughs> are you no. being sincere? <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, well. 
That's a weird question. Um, <laughs> well, don't get I mean, if you, if you're, <laughs> um, I don't know. Do what's in your heart. I don't know. That's not a good answer for this question. <laughs> No, that's, do you have do you have the answer? That's Maybe good. I throw you that one. Um, I know personally, I would probably. Well, I think for myself, I I dated a lot of musicians, mm -hmm. and I don't think my personality works with musicians, just because I think I'm so verbal, and not that musicians are not verbal, but the musicians I were going for were like really self-obsessed, quiet singer-songwriters. No, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> no, um, it's not. Like, dating a musician isn't for everybody. The last girl that I was with, um, you know, we get our inspiration from, like, different things, just like artists do, like, different things. And so, like, if I talk about love, I want to talk about the girl that I'm with. Like, you're awesome, If I and I want people to know you're awesome. Mm -hmm. And she was like, nah, keep my business to my business, which is her prerogative, but, like... Yeah. It, yeah. No, that's right, yeah, with... with, with, with comedy and podcasting obviously it's very very open I knew I, I was dating a guy who told me because my because this show used to be a storytelling show in front of an audience and I would talk about past relationships and he made me promise one day that I would never talk about him on stage did you break that promise I did he was, <laughs> <laughs> well he was cheating on me oh, okay. and he was about to like break up with me he was trying out a new relationship to see if it suited him before like ending things with me classy guy yeah, yeah, um, it's, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I did, I, I mean, I never like named him on stage until now. Do you still talk to the guy? Do you still talk to the fish guy? I do, actually, the fish guy um, is, a, <laughs> is a super nice guy. Um, we actually, like, when I ended my last relationship, we kind of went on a date, I guess, but not really, it was very. How's it kind of a date? Uh, well, because I think he thought it was a date. Oh, okay. Um, and I wasn't seeing it as a date. He knows now. <laughs> I hope he's not still listening. That would be, that would be a bummer. Um, but you're a great person if you are. All right. Uh, how can I get better at communication in a relationship? And then they have the question mark and an exclamation point. And I forgot what that's called. What is that punctuation called? Interrobang. Yeah, interrobang. Well Wait, done. let me see that. What is that? It's an intero bang. Well, it's, I think the actual thing is like an upside down. It doesn't matter. How can I get better at communicating right. in a relationship? <laughs> well, it sounds like you're screaming all the time. So maybe like lower your voice. <laughs> uh, are you a good communicator in relationships? It seems like you are. I was thinking of a joke and I'm not witty enough for this, but <laughs> to come up with a joke for this one, like, um, no, nah, you just talk guys. Like, um, or you just listen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. This. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say listen. Something I was thinking about recently was I was watching. I, I, I live in um, Ireland now, and I. I want to ask how that is. Like that's I don't know anybody <laughs> who lives there. Now you do. Uh, it's great. If you're ever in Ireland, come on by. Definitely um, coming to your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open invite. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was walking by this couple that was screaming at each other um, in the street. And uh, this is not an Irish thing, but it, like because I was in Ireland, like I feel more comfortable kind of gawking at people than I do in the United States because I'm still like, I'm just learning about the culture. But it's like, no, it's just a couple fighting. Um, yeah. But I saw this couple fighting and they were just getting louder and louder and screaming at each other and they both wanted to be heard. And this is such an obvious thing 
But it, I, I used to be in a relationship where, or I've been in relationships where we would scream at each other. And um, I just wanted to walk over and say like this, just just part ways, just part ways. But in the in the in the moment, we we want to scream, and we we are screaming because we we don't think that we're being heard. But it just like everything in your skin, like your heart races faster, and every nothing good can come of screaming at the other person to be heard. The only only thing you can do in that moment is is just take yeah, just not take every, a break. Not every conversation is for like right now, like. You don't have to. You don't <laughs> have to get. That's your... really hard. That's really hard for me. Is yeah. the yeah, is if it, it, like um, I was a, I was in a relationship where my partner would say would sometimes say things like in front of people that were kind of like mean or diminishing, mm -hmm. and I like wanted to. I mean, I shouldn't have been in that. Really, I should have ended that relationship away, which I did eventually. But those mean diminishing things, like I wanted him to clarify. Like I wanted to like in the group of friends like be like what what did you why would you say that and yeah. then his reaction was like can't you just have fun and then I was like <laughs> I to have fun. like you went there in your mind it's fun um. <laughs> but I should have I should have just um, just just taken taken a second how often is normal for a married couple to have sex uh, well let me I have an exact answer never which is normal I think ever like normal is so different for everyone I think the the sitcom logic of like you're only doing it once a week is stupid as you see in what I'm referencing is like mm -hmm. sitcoms yeah, yeah, yeah where you would see what, what would you think as someone who's never officially had sex what would you like for what do what have you gleaned from culture as being quote-unquote normal which I don't think there is a normal um you know like have y'all seen the guy, the show Californication? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I. I mean, I the, the the married couple that I'm closest to are my parents, and I can't be like, hey, mom, how much can you and dad uh, like? So I, this is a bad question for me. I think if I if I had to say, you know, y'all should be doing it right now, guys. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I would say there are all different kinds of intimacy. Um, like you don't, I think there's too much pressure put on like penetrative sex and like I, I'm frequently tired and sometimes in, in my relationship I'm like I should be having sex right now but holding each other is, is nice as well just like close physical because also there are people who physically can't have quote unquote normal sex there's no normal sex yeah I've been, I've been taught that there's like um, like ways to show love so like people some people like gift give and like there's ways to receive love, love so like languages. yeah there you go and so like some people gift give and some people don't receive Compliment, love that yeah, way right, you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and so like i think learning your partner's love language is essential like yeah yeah and i think i think mine's physical touch i like quality time like yeah yeah well this is not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> yeah. once again my heart <laughs> No, I like I like quality time as well. But I do find like I am very like tactile. I want to like I want to be touched. Like if yeah, I'm not yeah. if I'm not touched for is anyone like this? Like in my in my relationship, I can start to feel like if I haven't been touched for a long time, I, I feel like almost like a like a, a, a level raising in me, like hunger in a video game. You're talking about like, skin hunger? Yeah, that's good. You can use Wait, that in your music. I I did not make that up. Like, <laughs> like, like, like that's a real thing. That's a real thing. It's called skin hunger. I feel a thousand years old. Skin hunger. Yeah, I listen to podcasts. So. <laughs> Smart. Is that like a pop science thing, or is that like something like thirst? I think I heard it on This American Life. 
thirst trap. No, um, so like, like this is something that like prisoners suffer from too as well. Like, oh yeah. If you get put in um, isolation. Yeah, they're not hugged or yeah. Yeah, they're not touched. Yeah. And, and so that can ha also help with like them going mentors. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like a thing. Like you yeah, can't touch of each course. other. Yeah. Yeah, you never see in a movie the guy getting out of prison just being like super huggy and like happy that everyone's touching him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, how does a woman over 35 who travels for work all the time find someone outside bars and online dating? Uh, we'll always carry papers with you and just drop them in front of <laughs> <laughs> handsome dudes. Uh, Blackpeoplemeet.com. <laughs> Farmers only. This is a real practical tip. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of traveling and like I've done a lot of like traveling single and this is really cheesy. Um, but I have two moves. I've never said these on the podcast before. I, I have to hear these. Well, um, the first is well, I have a superpower where I can tell. It's not really a superpower, but I can tell when someone's in a band. Oh, that's a superpower. What are you talking about? <laughs> like I walked up to you, I knew you were in a band, okay. but you look like you're in a. What band. are the identifiers? Uh, your galaxy shirt, your right. necklace, your pizza sure. shoes, and your, <laughs> and your cool hair. Just and everything you, you have on. And you have longish nails. A lot of you, and it, it just sounds like you don't, um, do you use though. them for playing? What? Do you use your nails for playing at all? Do you play in Yeah, on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how, okay. Um, but yeah, so if I know, if I can tell someone's in a band, I've had a lot of one night stands with musicians because I'll walk up and I'll be like, what's the name of your band? And they'll be like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and then I'll just Wait, seem. what do they be like? Whoop, whoop, whoop. They're golden retrievers. Um, <laughs> they're not human men, they're golden retrievers. Uh, but yeah, then I just feel, because also when I'm doing that, it's probably when I'm really lonely and then I'm kind of self-destructive anyway and I have a certain self-destructive confidence about me. I have that too. Like, yeah. we're bonding up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the other, the other move in a bar, and this doesn't have to be for like one night stands, uh, the other thing I do is like a pretend, kind of like you did with a phone, will pretend that I know somebody. Like if I'm somewhere by myself, and I, I've done this in France, so like I don't know anyone in France, yeah, yeah. but like walking up and saying like, oh hey, oh oh my god, you look, sorry, you look so much like this guy that I, and then they're like, what, what guy did you, what? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, um, what, what are you, what are you doing here? My, my dad actually told me to do that to girls, and I was really? like, <laughs> I was like, that won't, that won't work, what are you talking, like, yeah. I so mean, internalized sexism, the second I hear that, I'm like, don't do that to girls. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. It's good to know that it's working for somebody, like my dad wasn't off. I mean, I've never had a relationship happen from that. Oh, another thing is just start, if you're creative, just start a project and ask the person that you're, yeah, you know, yeah, I've done that. I've done that several, I think I've done that almost every time. <laughs> yeah, almost every time. Yeah, every long-term relationship I've had has been with somebody who I've asked to, like, be in some sort of creative project or show. Can I can I ask can I ask a question? Is this creepy? I don't know if this is creepy. It's an idea I had. <laughs> this, this is a good place for any to ask this question. Um, so there's this girl I've been following on Twitter for a while, right? I'm glad you said it on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> and at home. You know, just, um, and uh, I've been thinking about like she doesn't know me from Adam. Right. I've been thinking about like asking her to like be on my album cover? Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Oh. The she's a model. Like she's okay. that's what she does. Okay. And so like Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a tip. I'm gonna say no. Don't do that. <laughs> Especially if she's a model, 
she probably like she like a lot of her self worth. She's not like a real model. Like, I'm not sure, but I mean, a like she's, she's a pretty. Model. She's she's a beautiful. Woman. No, no, she's cute. beautiful woman. So like probably she's told all the time that like her worth is tied up in her beauty. And I'm guessing if you want to get to her heart, maybe appeal to her in a different way. And she might put you in a. Do I need to act like I know her? What? No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, does she do anything else? I don't Does know. she do anything else, or she just fucking pose? I don't know. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know her, so I don't know if she has like a real job or not. Yeah, yeah. She just stays around here. That sounded creepy. I follow her on Twitter. Like, <laughs> we'll start flirt, flirt with her. Flirt with her on Twitter, and then ask her out. Yeah, because that works. Yeah. Every person that you that flirts with you on Twitter, I'm sure you're like, yeah, let's let's go get a cup of coffee with. I've pepper. done it. I've done it before. Really. Yeah, I did it. I did it once before with oh. a podcast host. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh. Well, actually, a couple, a couple of podcast hosts. <laughs> I didn't think it worked ever. This is making me really reckon with my romantic history. Um, okay. One last question. Well, no flirt. flirt uh, yeah, I stand by that. Flirt with her. Do you follow her on Instagram? Yes. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel crazy. Does she now. sing? No, she just she just looks good. Okay, well, maybe you need to, to reevaluate what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, final question. Thank you guys so much for hanging out here. Oh, something here. Uh, if you, I have, I brought, I have free t-shirts and free stickers if, um, if you guys are interested. I don't have a ton of t-shirts, but I'm just gonna leave them at the end of the stage. So if you would, if you would like one, if you're a fan of the show or if you know someone, that's cool. And then I also have stickers that you guys are welcome to. Um, all right, final question. Oh, okay, uh, how, do you, how do you keep the spark sparkly Aww. after seven years? My man is super rad, but it kind of feels like we're best friends, not husband and wife. Second, how many cats is too many? <laughs> uh, I think um, you should combine all your cats and make like a super cat. <laughs> like a rat king? Yeah, or, or like a lion, because yeah, that's a super cat, right? Wait, what's a rat king? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say. If you want to, <laughs> you Google it after, long time after eating lunch. Wait, is this going to be one of those things that I'm going to regret Googling? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Right. Um, yeah. Um, how do you keep the spark sparkly? Uh, I, do you guys listen to the dance, to Savage Love? Have you ever listened to the Savage Love podcast? I recommend that this person listens to that podcast. Um, there's probably, I don't know, like fun sex stuff that you can do to be sparkly. And Dan Savage knows a lot, a lot about Also, that. Uh, glitter. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be like a sitcom and dress up like detectives and meet in a bar. I hear that works. <laughs> uh, let's hear it for Chris, everybody. Chris is playing um, at Promise Land on Friday. Um, thank you to can everyone. I, yeah. Can I give my social media? Oh yeah, you may give your social media. <laughs> it sounds um, like a disease when you put it that way. <laughs> may I give you all my social media? <laughs> on uh, Instagram and Twitter, I am uh, We Are Chosen, but the Chosen has an X because I'm very cool. Um, and yeah, that's I'm I'm better at Instagram, bad at Twitter. No, you were really. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 Thank you again, and thanks to see you to you guys. Have a great rest of your South by Southwest. All right, 
I, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. It's always exciting to get people with um, different points of view. And, and uh, yeah, Chris is a great person. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you'd like to hear his music, please stay tuned for the end of the episode or just take your little scrolly thing and go all the way down um, to the end of the episode. His band is called We Are Chosen, and that's chosen with an X instead of an O. All right. So like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I ended up getting very sick in South by Southwest and um, not just physically sick, I also got a little heart sick. I was out in Austin promoting Harmon Quest season two, and I was very, very nervous about doing the promotion for it um, just because it still feels weird doing a show with my ex, even though things are truly fine between us and we're very supportive of each other and happy for each other. And we both have new lovely partners, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still still weird. And it was extra weird this time because it was the first time that Dan was going to meet my boyfriend, my partner, Potty. And I was really concerned about them both feeling uncomfortable. Um, but it, it actually was all more than fine. Um, Dan joked about how handsome Potty is. And Potty was as cool as a cucumber per usual, almost d- disappointingly so. Like nothing phases him, um, which is one of the reasons why we make a great couple because I am I am in my head about a lot of things. And he's he's just like, uh, uh, I was, <laughs> was going to say cattle rancher. Because I imagine those people are very even, even keel. Um, anyway, overall, it was really pleasant. And Dan and I exchanged some nice texts the next day, and it was lovely. That's not the thing that got me heartsick. The thing that really sent me into a spiral, and I can't really identify what brought this on. Um, well, I'll get to that. I think I know what it was. But anyway, one night, and I'm. Okay, I'm just going I'm just going to get into it. One night towards the middle of the trip, which is about 10 days long, I woke up in a cold sweat because I thought I had arrived at an important realization, which was that everyone hates me. Like I literally woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I've put it together. Everyone everyone hates me. Everyone in the world hates me. And I assume you're 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 thinking what I'm thinking to myself as I'm saying this, which is that people don't have the energy, desire, nor bandwidth to 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 spend on um, quote unquote hating me, and it's that's a, that's a really narcissistic uh, way to think, especially with everything going on in the world. Why why would you why would your brain be focused on whether or not everyone hates me? Yes, I get it, um, but I I. I I can't I can't even I can't even really explain it. I think I think it was inspired by going to South by Southwest and seeing all these people that I know from Los Angeles and feeling kind of like an outsider now because I've I've moved away. I'm still doing stuff and I'm still talked to all my friends, but going and then running into all these um friends but also like a, just a ton of nice acquaintances made me feel this feeling that I have not felt since I was a teenager 
Uh, and then it made me do this thing, which I haven't done in a long time, which is where I just play a montage of people's facial expressions, like past facial expressions and hellos and goodbyes, and just concentrate on them so deeply that I think that I've figured out that they actually hated me. Like I think, like I replay interactions and it's 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 completely ridiculous like like interactions that i that i know in the moment felt totally fine i replay and then i just i i just decide that i i misunderstood them at the time um and i i um it it's connected to us to us to a certain thing i think um i i'm lucky i'm lucky that i have not had too many falling fallings out with with friends um, as an adult. It's happened to me twice in my life, and the first time I was it happened, I was really devastated. My friend broke up with me basically, and um, because we had different ideas about the dynamic of our relationship, uh, she didn't realize how much I I looked up to her. This is this is obviously my. <laughs> my take on this and and not hers, but she didn't realize how much I looked up to her. And I didn't realize how much I made our friendship all about me because I was always trying to impress her. And that just read, I I was just made, it made me very, everything was just very focused on me and when we were hanging out and I wasn't a very good friend to her because of that. And, um, I just assumed she was perfect and that had no effect on her. And, um, yeah, we had, we had this falling out and it was very painful. And then years later, kind of recently, uh, she came over to my house and we talked it out and we cried and we drank Negronis and it, and it was just fine and great. <laughs> Everything was fine. Um, and it was a really big elite. <laughs> I was about to say it's really big elief. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, it was really big relief. I'm not a, I'm not a bridge burner. Um, I, it, I, I have a hard time with, uh, unfinished business. And I, I know we all hate being mis- misunderstood. Um, and I, I hate being misunderstood. Um, and I think just, just based on anecdotal evidence that I, and past experiences, I think I might hate it more than the average person. Um, I think it has like a bigger effect on me and it makes me, uh, spiral a bit more rapidly than, than it would make another person spiral, which brings me to the other falling out, which happened five years ago and still weighs on my heart. And I still care a lot about this person and our falling out. This second falling out was a combination of a misunderstanding and some other factors that were out of my control and some communication issues. And she ended our friendship. And I was really confused by her doing that at the time. And soon after that, she basically just uh, stopped talking to me. And I was would see her all the time. And it was confusing. And when we ran in- into each other after she had stopped talking to me unceremoniously, I confronted her. And she surprised me by confronting me about the romantic relationship I was in at the time and how she felt about it. And she accused me of feeling certain things that I, that I did not feel. And, um, she misquoted me back to me. I don't know. It was a, it was a, it was a upsetting thing. Um, and made me feel really sad and still makes me feel sad anyway. Um, and just at the end of the day, she she also just decided that she did not want to be my friend anymore. 
um, which is, uh, which happens. That's, that's fair. Um, but the lasting effect of that, I mean, we have a lot of mutual friends and I saw a lot of those mutual friends at, uh, South by Southwest. And I, because I was feeling bad about myself, I was, kind of fantasizing about her telling people that I'm shitty. It's like, I mean, her and I haven't spoken in years now, um, which again is, is really unfortunate. And it's, you know, it's been a while since we've been friends, but she's become in my mind, basically the, <laughs> this kind of monster is the wrong word because I still care about her, but she's just become this figure in my head where like I, when I'm feeling really bad about myself, I picture her specifically telling people that I'm shitty for the reasons that I feel insecure or would maybe suspect that I'm shitty. I, when I was in Austin and I had run into these people and I was feeling bad about myself and I was thinking about this falling out with her and, um, I, I spiraled to, to the point where I am, I'm so sad and embarrassed to talk about this, but I, I typed my name into Google, um, And I just did like a Google image search of myself and I just hated on every picture, every part of myself. And I was concentrating on pictures from times when I was heavier and like just, just my face looking all shiny and drunk. And I just, and then, and then I start looking at these pictures through her eyes, which I can't actually do, obviously, but like, I, I, I'm hating on myself so much that she's become this figure of just like the person who knows all the things that are quote unquote wrong with me. And I'm imagining her looking at these pictures, which I know she does not do. I'm confident she doesn't do this or it does not occur to her. She chose, she chose for me to not be in her life. Um, so why would she be looking at pictures of me? I know she doesn't. It's not actually literally about her. And then I, I think, I think that to myself. And then in these really low moments, I start thinking like, oh, you know what? I think she was, she was, she was the person who was, who was right to not like me. Um, and this is in the face of, of me being lucky enough to have, have a ton of friends and a ton of people who say they like me. Um, and you know, I don't have, I don't have these breakups with friends very frequently. This is this, like, this is my one, <laughs> I was about to say this is my one outstanding balance. <laughs> uh, I'm embarrassed that I'm laughing at myself, but that's, that's, that's what it feels like. Um, and, I'm getting, I'm getting to, I'm getting to like the, <laughs> the overall um, importance or unimportance of all this. But um, anyway, I was feeling so low that I was thinking about why she didn't like me. And then I was like, well, maybe I am, maybe I am like a worthless person who doesn't contribute anything. Uh, and I got to, I got to a very low place while I was in Austin and I was still having a good time, but I just had this overwhelming insecurity about myself. And um, for a couple of days, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I was just so disgusted by the way I look. And I felt so sad that I think I wanted to feel even more sad. So I typed my name into the 4chan search bar, which was a huge mistake. And I found some more cruel stuff. And, um, I wasted 
I wasted a good four days feeling this way and just spending so much mental energy on something that, that literally does not exist. Thinking about someone hating me who I haven't spoken to in forever. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't, I don't know how she feels, but I assume, I assume like, you know, so much time has passed. That's it's likely that she doesn't even have any negative feelings towards me uh, because what happened was such a timely thing that happened. And, and, and again, didn't actually really have anything to do with me. It had more to do with who I was dating. So anyway, um, I, I, I felt this way, even though I have so many cool things happening right now. Um, and even though I'm happy in my relationship and I'm living where I want to live and I, I, you know, I don't know exactly why I'm explaining this all to you. Um, I think just because I like being honest on this podcast and, it, it as I'm explaining it, it really sounds like nothing actually happened because nothing actually did happen. This was all took place in my head, but it 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 was a big deal to me because I, in order to get out of feeling this way, because it wasn't a small feeling, it was a huge, giant, heavy feeling of, oh my god, I I am worthless. I think I am actually worthless. Um, uh, a few things that got me out of that were that I, well, I reached out to producer Dustin. I told him how I was feeling and, and he had a lot of like really constructive things to say. But even before I talked to him, I made a big list of things I was grateful for. Um, and then I, I reminded myself that in doing anything, cause all of these feelings just come from, you know, the, the fear of, putting myself out there and the world sending me back the message that I'm not a good person or that I'm not a worthy person um, is probably more the thing like that. I don't deserve to have a voice or a platform or, you know, even in this era where, where we all have voices and platforms and social media and, and, you know, everybody's famous and all these things like I, I just, uh, I, I always have this fear of like, who do I think I am? Like, why even bother? Or, or also just the, a big part of this, which I'm not even mentioning is, um, feeling defined by the fact that I was, um, that I was married to this person who is like, a like a, like a, a known, known-ish person, I say nonish. I mean, it's because, because Dan's, Dan's fame though is very passionate. Like if you know who he is, then you probably know a lot about who he is or you just don't know who he is. It doesn't matter, but he has a very big fan base and they're, and they're all great and everything. But like, I, I, um, I do have this fear of, of like, am I, it is my, I don't want to be defined as the person who divorced this person that people like, um, which again, super narcissist and silly. And I don't think that that's actually going to be what happens, but there, I, I, you know, reading all those 4chan things that, that made me feel, I mean, just so, so much mean stuff, so much just talking. I, I don't even really want to repeat it, but I kind of do because some of it's like, 
some of it's funny. Some of the stuff that I read, I don't know. Obviously, like I'm dealing with this stuff. <laughs> uh, but at, at the end of the day, I'm feeling I'm feeling so much better than I was. Um, and the big thing is just fucking perspective. Uh, I don't know why I needed to say fucking there. I didn't. But it's just perspective, obviously. Like it's so it's so meaningless in in the in the pool of everything and spending all this time worrying about how people what people think about me and looking at all my pictures on stupid search engines and thinking like god this isn't me this isn't who i am like i i don't want to be this collection of images like i i don't i don't like this i don't identify with this and and, and then separating myself from the public you know, what, whatever uh, way that people perceive me versus like who I actually am. Like it does, it's stupid. It's so, oh, it's so gloriously stupid and it's nice to let go of all of it. And I just don't fucking care. I think it, it, I'm talking about it because I think it broke something in me. Like I don't care. I don't, I, those people are allowed to not like me. Like if this friend I had before, like if she doesn't like me, that's fine. It's okay. It sucks. It hurts my feelings, but that's her, that's her business. I, I am at, I, I don't think I acted badly in that situation. Um, and when I have acted badly, I am so excited to admit my, um, faults. I think because at the end of the day, I want to have control over all that stuff. And and when you when you're able to apologize, there's like kind of there's there's a there's some beauty in that because like you're the one who did the thing wrong, so you have some control over it. But you know whatever. I am rambling, and congratulations if you're still listening to this. Um, anyway, uh, Chris, if you're listening, I apologize for rambling so so very much. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. I am not making this podcast or anything that I do um, for uh, this evil voice in my head anymore. I'm not doing it. I I haven't been doing that, but I think sometimes I have been. Sometimes I have been making things because I, I want that evil voice in my head that says, you shouldn't be making things. I want to like prove that voice wrong. That's it's, it's silly. It's very silly. Um, thanks for indulging me. I podcasts are weird things, right? Like this is a very intimate medium, obviously. Um, and right now it's just you and me walking or, you know, washing dishes or whatever you're driving in your car. It's kind of an amazing thing. Um, I'm sitting in Ireland alone by myself (laughs) with a microphone and now you're listening to it, which is kind of a magical thing. So thank you. You, the people who listen to this podcast, side note, I, and I'm not just saying this because I appreciate you listening to the podcast, but genuinely people who listen to this podcast, I, it's the greatest, it is the greatest compliment ever. It's the most ego boosting thing in my life, which I shouldn't be chasing after, but sometimes I am. In this moment, I'm not. But sometimes, sometimes my ego is bruised and I, and I, and I, and I fill it in with, uh, with the fact that, or I feel, I heal my ease, my bruised ego with, um, the fact that the people who listen to this podcast tend to all be incredibly awesome. 
I genuinely have not met a shitty fan of this podcast. I'm usually like, it's it's always people that I would want to be friends with in real life. And that's why this is a cool medium. Anyway, that's it. Please um, enjoy. Oh, one last thing, because I'm already rambling. This has already been an incredibly long thing where I'm just talking to my microphone. And I do need to decorate a cake. I'm having people over. I'm having people over to um, Bagathy Cottage, which is uh, where Potty and I live. And uh, it's my first time having people over. And we're going to uh, play Code Words, which is a game that I recently discovered, which is amazing. And I made a cake. I made a cake and then I dropped it. I accidentally dropped the cake <laughs> and I broke it. And so it's kind of crumbly on the inside, but I'm just going to cover icing, put icing all over it. And um, yeah. Uh, but the last thing I want to mention, if you're listening all the way to the end, congratulations, is that I'm going to be doing Edinburgh again this year, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So if you are in... Ireland or the UK, or if you're just, if you go to Edinburgh every year, I'm going to be doing a show. It's going to be, it's called Murder Town, and it is a one woman murder mystery. I'm going to be playing something like 10 different characters, and it's a comedy murder mystery where I'm playing all the characters. <laughs> so that is happening. Um, that's it. Uh, I love you guys. You guys are great. And yeah, McGath Attack.
Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.